the sound is a really interesting one. And I guess back to your initial comment about would it be something from an audit standpoint? But the only thing I could think from there, which just doesn't make sense, is is some sort of a comparator from an audit perspective, right? Like is is something you know non-conforming from a, a sound standpoint? But that just that seems too far fetched. I've not seen that. Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing. This approach needs alignment among people, processes, and technologies. So if you're a business owner, operations, or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors, you're tuned into the right podcast. Welcome to the WBS Podcast, where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority. Now, here is your host, Sam Gupta. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the WBS Podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at Independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm Elevate IQ. Do you know a Sage ERP that was very similar to Acumatica with its data model and functionality? Do you know a Sage ERP that was targeted to discrete manufacturing, distribution, and project centric manufacturing companies? Do you know a Sage ERP that was SQL-based and allowed multi-company accounting? Do you know a Sage ERP that is in maintenance mode and not going to receive any future updates? If you have guessed MAZ 500, then you are right. In today's episode, we invited a panel of industry experts for a live discussion on LinkedIn to conduct an independent review of Sage 500's capabilities. We covered many grounds, including its product architecture, evolution, release deadlines, and how it compares with other products in Sage's portfolio. Finally, we discussed its strengths with field service and project management capabilities, even though it being perceived primarily as the manufacturing and distribution product. With that, let's get to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's show. And if you are joining for the first time, this is part of our industry series for which we meet every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. We review what we or the solution for today. We have a very popular solution in the Sage's portfolio. Uh, it's called uh, Sage 500. It used to be called uh, Mass 500 as well. So we are going to have a lot of fun discussing that. Before we do that, we are going to start with everybody's intros. Uh, I am going to start with my intro. If you don't know me, I am Sam Gupta, principal at Elevate IQ. Elevate IQ is the independent ERP and digital uh, transformation consulting firm. On that note, I am going to move to Dave for his intro. Yeah, thanks so much, Sam. Hey, everybody. My name is Dave Chrysler, and I own an operations consulting business working with leaders in the manufacturing and distribution spaces to help them create systems that free them to drive growth and operate with excellence. And I come to you with more than 20 years in various operational leadership roles, implementing ERP and developing systems to help businesses. So thanks for having me, Sam. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here, uh, Dave. Andy, can I ask you to introduce yourself next? 
Absolutely, Sam. Thank you so much. Uh, my name is Andy Pratico. I'll pull, pull my microphone down here. Um, <laughs> I've been in the ERP business for small to mid-sized manufacturers forever. And uh, I've worked all over North America. I've worked and I have experience with many different ERPs. Uh, and uh, I also uh, give folks advice on how to uncover the truth about ERP system before they buy. So uh, thank you so much for inviting me today, Sam. This should be interesting. Be amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Andy. And uh, if you are in the audience and joining for the first time, make sure you guys post your questions and comments. We typically try to cover them during the show. If you run out of time, our panelists are going to make sure that you receive your answers. On that note, guys, I am going to start with the quick briefing on uh, Sage 500. Um, and we are going to be recapping on their corporate strategy. And uh, I cannot keep the count because obviously Sage has like a million products in their portfolio. <laughs> but I believe after this, there is only going to be one that we have left. So uh, guys, if I remember correctly, I think we have done Sage X3, Sage Intact, Sage Corporate Strategy. We have also done Sage 300. My understanding is that we have probably done Sage 200 as well. We did Sage 100 for sure. Yeah. Sage 100 is in the future that I know for sure. Oh, is it? So we didn't do it? Yeah. So we I'm have pretty sure we did 200. 200, 200 yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, never mind. Yeah. Okay. So obviously, this is a very interesting solution. And one of the things that we had discovered, if you guys remember, overall in Sage portfolio, secret of Sage naming convention or the branding when they had 100, meaning 100 employees, 200, 200 employees. So this is probably the biggest solution. And they ended up naming Sage X3. So obviously, that's extra large, Andy. Uh, you know, if you didn't realize that. <laughs> I'm waiting for Sage 3000, so that should be pretty good stuff. <laughs> right, yeah. I'm waiting for Sage 5000 as well. 5000, yeah. Know, I, heard that I don't know when that is yeah. coming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so Sage Corporate Strategy and uh, the other thing that we had discussed during the, the corporate strategy discussion that Sage likes to hang, hang out with the accountants, their main channel strategy is going to be to go through accountants and they have always been very strong financial solution. In fact, I mean, if you look at uh, some of the manufacturing installations, Sage was going to be used as more of the accounting solution. And on top of that, you'll have many of the solutions available in the market. They were very strong in manufacturing. They were not as strong in accounting. And those are going to be solutions such as, I believe, Job Boss. They use uh, Sage, but only the smaller one, I guess. Sage 50, I believe. And then you are going to have Epicure and Fordeus to sell as just the operation software. And then they ended up developing their accounting capabilities as well. So now they are a complete ERP solution. Now, overall, from the Sage perspective, their solutions were the way they were designed especially when we look at these smaller solution, 50, 100, 200, uh, you know, they had very different strategy from the multi-company perspective. So for them, if I look at, if I remember, Sage 200, even that was sold as a separate product in different countries, okay? So if you had multiple countries, 
they didn't have just one product that could accommodate multiple companies in in one database and for the most part they were all very file based if i remember correctly ch300 is where they started doing sql so that is almost like the size the way they like to go with uh, the smaller ones are going to have the file based database the bigger ones are going to have the sql server database so sage 500 is a much bigger product that can accommodate up to 500 employees overall from the functionality perspective it's operationally deep as well and you know it has very strong multi entity capabilities now overall from the product evolution perspective if you uh, review their roadmap right now this is no longer being sold just because sage has acquired a bunch of products sage hack 3 uh, sage hack 3 is the one that is positioned for cloud they have they also have sage intact but they are not going to be as operationally rich for the verticals that sage 500 was positioned for so maybe sage finally realized that the verticals that sage 500 used to target wasn't the great fit for sage as such and sage's strength is always going to be in verticals such as if you talk about pharma process industries agriculture construction this is where sage does really really well discrete manufacturing has never been their play uh, but sage 500 was the product that they that was positioned more for the discrete manufacturing distribution field services if you look at today's acumatica you are going to get a feel as if acumatica uh, is implemented acumatica is exactly same as mass 500 uh, with the only exception being really fancy technology uh, you know obviously uh, mass 500 is a very or sage 500 is a very clunky product overall from the technology perspective um it's not receiving any new uh, development or the major releases they are simply updating maintaining the existing customers that they might have uh, but i don't believe that they are selling this anymore uh, but uh, you know we can still review and learn from it and if you are going to be on sage 500 right now you probably want to move away from it because you don't know how many customers are going to be on this one so you know you might want to plan typically erp implementations are going to take at least a year to up to two years so you want to have that time and and i don't know i mean see we don't have official announcement when sage is going to pull off the support but typically they are looking at how many customers are left and based on they are going to say okay move to sage x3 or support is done um, so that's how this works so i'll pause there uh, anyway yeah, i made a comment before we get online I got it wrong. I was thinking of a different product. This one is you're right. It's ex- exceptionally strong with the financials. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for the clarification. Any other comment you guys? No. Okay. So, if not, let's review some of these slides and then if you guys have any commentary we can take in between. Um so overall, if you look at the product architecture, again, it's very 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 similar to acumatica the way acumatica is designed the only thing that i could not really find between mass 500 there are some differences actually uh, so the differences are going to be uh, mass 500 had some of the functionality related to agriculture verticals because obviously that is sages vertical they always wanted to go after that so you are going to find the flavor for the agriculture or the commodity industry 
you are going to find um, what else is different from Acumatica in this one. You're going to find some of the pharma flavor as well for the pulsocentric industries. I don't know, to be honest, uh, if they really have the process manufacturing capabilities. I doubt this product was not really targeted for that. This has very deep capabilities. For example, let's say if you talk about ECO, it has very strong capabilities in the project manufacturing as well. So that's the difference between Mass 500 and uh, Acumatica. The other difference, what Mass 500 did not have is the branch functionality that today's Acumatica has. So I do know, uh, and again, uh, you know, Acumatica has branches, Mass 500, I could not say branches. So it does support multi-company, very strong multi-company features, but branches, not too sure. Okay, if you guys don't have any other comments. So here, uh, the comment reads, these are the new feature and improvements. This has based on the roadmap. Uh, and I think they have two or three different releases that they are supporting right now. Uh, the major release was released in somewhere in 2016 is the release that they are trying to support. That is the most recent one. Before that, it was 2013. So they were trying to release every two to three years. So those, all of those releases are still supported. So we are going to review all of that in just a second. Here it says General Ledger Sync to Sage Pro payroll solutions for customers that require an integrated payroll solution. The other layer that we always saw in the case of Sage is they always have payroll integrated as part of the ERP because they are targeting some of the verticals where this functionality is going to be key. And those verticals are going to be number one construction. Okay, you have to have payroll integrated because if you are doing union reporting, if you have workers that require reporting, then you are going to uh, have payroll integrated as part of your uh, ERP. That's why even though Sage 500 is targeted for discrete manufacturing verticals or the distribution verticals, but this still has payroll integrated. The other thing, the ability to inactivate GL account based on natural accounts segment for GL accounts no longer used or needed. So you are also going to see a lot of functionality in Sage Solutions that is designed to support audit. Okay, Sage has always been uh, a solution to support very strong financials. And typically, this is going to be either for public companies or companies that are going through the audit process. So you are going to see a lot of layers, and that is that layer is consistent uh, even with this product. So I believe I have never seen this functionality anybody using, but maybe uh, Dave and D, if you guys have seen, please let me know. Yeah, I've not seen this specific functionality, but it makes sense from a, a financial reporting uh, standpoint for for anybody that uh, you know has to report on GAAP. Um, so, yeah, I could I could see where it'd be useful for sure. I've uh, I've talked to many companies that have had this product over the years. Um, you know, I haven't noticed it as being a mainstream system for quite a while, but there was a time when it was very popular with manufacturers. Yeah, exactly. And we are going to see why it is popular, to be honest. I mean, I, I still love the layout, the way it was designed. It's a very well-designed product. So some more things to support for Microsoft Office 2016, Microsoft SQL Server. So we know that this is a SQL Server-based product and anything, any of the products that are probably going to have multi-company. Now we are talking about real multi-company functionality, okay? <laughs> Not just some random multi-company functionality that is sitting just in some brochures. So obviously you will require 
far higher backend power and that's why this one is was on Microsoft SQL Server. So these are three different releases and I believe, okay, so they have 2016, they have 2014 as well as 2013 and all three are being supported at this one of time. So in the 16, they have done some minor updates. So here they are saying simplify tasks when working with multiple companies or records and reconciling accounts, credit card payments and inventory data, quickly identify which company you are working on, minimize, again, those are really the usability issues that they are trying to fix, or it is going to be the regulatory compliance issues that they need to support if they are charging customers, so they don't have a choice. But yeah, nothing major here. Here on 2014, they have they are doing something related to inventory as well. And obviously, it has very deep inventory functionality. There's no question about that. This is probably one of the strongest, um, as far as I have seen in the Sage's portfolio when it comes to MRV functionality. Sage X3 is probably going to have, obviously, far deeper, but Sage Intact obviously does not have. 2013, uh, here they are saying process cash receipts more accurately and uh, efficiently import pending cash receipts directly. So yeah, so some minor updates that they are uh, releasing for these updates, but again, the product is not necessarily supported. Um, just like your Microsoft GP or uh, which and Microsoft SL as well, they don't have a clear roadmap at this point of time overall from the support perspective. Now let's review the screen. So one of the things that you are going to notice that's a very similar layout as the Microsoft products. Uh, or Sage product, they all have very, very, very similar layouts. The way they are designed, they are going to be extremely friendly uh, with the Excel reporting. We saw this in the case of Sage 200 as well, that it had very strong analytics and BI, uh, because obviously the CFOs and accountants are going to be needing uh, the analytics functionality. So here, one of the surprising things for me personally in this product when I used to think about uh, Sage 500, I always felt that this was more of the discrete manufacturing product from Sage. Uh, I never thought that this is going to have such deep project manufacturing functionality as well as field service. Uh, so that's why I am trying to connect the dots that Acumatica has very similar strategy. They are trying to get, you know, that mass 500 market share uh, <laughs> uh, because, you know, again, the Acumatica has uh, project manufacturing functionality. Acumatica has field service. So it's very, very, very similar uh, product in general. Now, some of the things that you are going to see overall in terms of the deep layers that this product has, uh, it's going to have, for example, the project under project. So this is going to be master project. And I don't know, I mean, see, this is probably a very complex functionality from the project manufacturing perspective that uh, we have not seen uh, with these smaller products. Obviously, the bigger ones are probably going to have that. Uh, but with these smaller ones, you might not have that correlation. Um, the other things that uh, other things that are really interesting here is going to be, for example, project budget. Um, so budgeting functionality is always going to be very strong as well. And you will see how the budgeting layers are. Uh, it's literally with one click, you can literally specify uh, a budget for every account that we are going to review in just a second. But I love the way Sage approaches budgeting uh, functionality as part of their uh, products. Now. Um, they have the estimate for the project that is all embedded as part of this functionality as well and the purchase order. 
a lot of companies that try to claim that they work for project manufacturing, but the procurement is probably not going to be integrated. So obviously, this is a very big functionality that you can do the entire MRP uh, as part of your manu uh, project manufacturing. So again, very, very, very strong product. Uh, I wish they uh, developed this in the cloud native world. Uh, I, I still love this product. Do you that, think the that, master pro? Oh, I'm sorry, Dave. No, no, go ahead, Andy. Do you think the master project uh, in relation to the project is in fact another umbrella above, or do you think that the that this is one large project with a bunch of tasks? So in this one, the way my understanding is in the way Sage likes to think this is going to be more of the consolidation, the way you are doing the financial consolidation for the I see. Okay. Uh, project. So these are really the sub projects which are going to be doing the consolidation to the to the parent project. Yeah, yeah I was going to ask something similar. I mean, what was in my mind was kind of the sub assembly process. Uh, I mean, at a larger scale, really, but to be completely honest, I mean, I would like to relate it with the program. And I am actually surprised that they are using the term master project as opposed to using uh, word program because program is going to be far more common in the PMP community. And program is used in the automotive uh, space, aerospace, you know, you aerospace, go to any, yeah, of any kind of process manufacturing and PD, they are all yeah. going to require program. So in my mind, that's program. Okay, so here now this is very, very, very interesting. And this is coming the, you know, so you have really deep drilled down built as part of the product. And this is the customer status, uh, you know, screen that you can drill down right on the project itself. And here you are going to get the financial visibility uh, that any financial person would like to have. I mean, this is everything that you probably need to know about a customer. So again, the way the product was designed was very organized. It was very well thought out. Here we are talking about days past due, days to pay. We are looking at all of the transactions related to that customer. Um, you are looking at all of those aging buckets and the amount. Uh, the, pro the product cannot be as intuitive as this one, in my mind. Especially for the finance person, because Sage likes to design. <laughs> <laughs> uh, products from the finance so operations guy, they might not like it. I don't know how you feel, Dave, right now. Uh, but for the accountant and for the finance person, this is gold. So some very, very, very deep layers overall in terms of the project accounting perspective. So it had, and again, when you are going to be looking at for construction centric uh, products, for example, Sage 300 is the construction centric product. And typically, our assumption is going to be, hey, if you have project manufacturing, uh, if you are going to be doing project manufacturing, let's say for your automotive aerospace, then your accounting method is going to be very different than your construction. In construction, you are probably going to have the cost-based accounting as opposed to doing either sales-based accounting or time-based accounting. So here, again, this actually supported all of those accounting methods, uh, you know, just because, so you can see how rich this was. So we here we are talking about manual percent entry. We are talking about percentage of cost. We are talking about percentage of sales. We are talking about non-WIP, and then you have the project closure. I don't know if there is going to be any other possibility in terms of the, the project accounting perspective. So that's the depth of this product. It also had profit recognition by line. So again, at the line level, it had a lot of uh, different functionality that not many small products can support. Typically, these features are going to be available in larger products. Now, and by the way, the profit recognition by line is very important uh, when you are going to be in industries where re revenue recognition is going to be critical. 
So you need to have that functionality at the line level because each line could go to could hit different GL accounts, and that's why that is uh, really important. Now this is the maintain contract rates by project, and it has very deep functionality as well. For example, you can specify the rate on the dimension of time. Let's say if the rate of 140 is going to be valid only from date one to date two, you can have all of those layers. So it again project based manufacturing. When you think about it. These are the, the feature sets that you are going to require and then the approval rate as well. So very, very, very deep project manufacturing functionality. If you look at the reporting, the reporting was very deep as well for this kind of product. I think we have seen the similar reporting in Microsoft GP as well, even though GP is a very small product. It was not supposed to be for multi-company accounting. This one is actually uh, for multi-company accounting. So here we are talking about committed cost. We are talking about unbuilt project, project profit. So again, when I think of this product, I never thought that this is going to be for project manufacturing, but it has a very deep functionality for that as well. Some more layers here. This is the estimate for the project. So Andy, and I don't know what your experience has been with this uh, product. My assumption is going to be this is a very deep aerospace functionality, the way I am looking at it. Uh, and I don't know which verticals you have seen. I have seen, uh, you know, in manufacturing, make to stock, make to order, but I don't recall if I have seen it anywhere else in my experience. You know, I didn't realize it was so strong at project management. Um, and yeah, to be in the air, especially air face and defense contractors have to have that capability. But it looks like it's got all the stuff that uh, a project manufacturer would need. I, I mean, I'm interested to see the manufacturing capabilities. Exactly. Uh, but I mean, this is very similar to Acumatic as of today. Acumatic is going to have all of this. So it's very, very, very similar yeah. um, overall. Um, so here now we have some more. This is the budget screen that I was talking about. The budget is going to be at the account level. Um, you know, you uh, can specify the budget for each of the date. And by the way, this you can access just by right-clicking on the estimate and clicking the This is massive. I have never seen budgeting functionality so intuitive. Uh, and uh, even you know today's product, if you look at the cloud native product, they don't make it as intuitive. For example, Acumatica is a very logical product in general, uh, but you are probably not, not going to find the budgeting functionality as intuitive as this product. Now, these are the intercompany transactions. And again, Acumatica is going to have all of this. And these are the drill down that we are talking about that you can. Uh, and by the way, MEC, you are going to see similar drill down in some of the other products. For example, let's say if you look at uh, your Infor Cloud Suite Industrial, on most of the Infor products, they have a really good sort of the, the connection or the drill down. Drill down is the right term uh, basically for this. But they are not going to have as strong drill, drill down from the financial perspective in general, from my experience. This is where I think Siege has done a wonderful job overall uh, with this product, the way the product is designed. If you compare this with SAP, SAP is going to have the, the workflow the way your info visual is going to have. You are going to get the transactional workflow. And you sort of you know like to pick on that, Andy. I think you call workflow something else. and. Uh, I'm talking about the transactional workflow, the transaction map, uh, and I think you had a comment there as well. I don't no, know. No, I, I think we're on the same page there. Okay, amazing. 
Um, so this is the intercompany and intercompany functionality is going to be when you are, let's say, you are cutting a purchase order and each of the line, let's say, belong to a different company. That's where your intercompany functionality gets really tricky, uh, you know, in allocating these costs, in allocating these lines for different companies. So this could exist at the sales order level as well as at the purchase order level. So when you look at Acumatic as of today, it, it's not going to have as a strong multi-company functionality because you know the way their tenants are designed, uh, they are not really designed for the companies that are going to have different currencies or if they are operating in different countries. So for the most part, Acumatic is really designed. If you are doing, let's say, business in North America or North America, Canada, then Acumatic will be okay. But let's say if you're doing in five countries, uh, that's where Acumatic is probably going to struggle if you are going to have a lot of data sharing between entities and especially for the very strong manufacturing organization where you are producing a part of product in one facility, then it goes to the next and okay, it's a, it's a mess. <laughs> you know, the way that interaction works. So here we are talking about the financial interaction uh, overall in terms of the way you are cutting the POs, uh, the way you are cutting the, the sales orders. Um, that's what we had in case of your CH500, which I absolutely appreciate. Okay. Uh, the other shocking point for me was that, you know, it also had very strong field service functionality. And again, it is very similar to Acumatica right now. So here we are talking about things such as, you know, service ticket, customer number, uh, location, service level, priority. So look at the, the, the layers that you have. You have map integration as well in the desktop world. Can you believe this? <laughs> So uh, if you didn't have internet, <laughs> I don't know how map was supposed to work, but you know, the product is very desktopy, obviously, but they could integrate with MapQuest, which is just phenomenal in my mind. You have things such as manufacturing serial number and then INT serial number. I don't know what that is, but uh, you know, when you are gonna have uh, these equipments to repair, uh, you know, you would require the manufacturing serial number Andy, do you have any comment there on IMD? Well, I was just going to say internal serial number versus manufacturing serial number. That's interesting because commonly the manufacturing serial number would be from in an electronic environment where it would be coming from the component from the actual manufacturer, whereas they could also have an internal, but this is serial number, not part number. So it this has is, the item number and then different types of serial numbers. That's interesting. So they are able to somehow correlate the manufacturer serial number uh, with your parent serial number. So if you look at the field service functionality in very complex products, typically what they do is uh, they are going to create a serviceable assembly and that bomb is going to be completely different from your, uh, you know, your manufacturing bomb or planning bomb or estimation bomb. So this is going to be a serializable assembly. So what it is going to have is each of the units that are going to be part of your serializable assembly they all are going to have their own serial number so if you're going to scan let's say if you are uh, if you are producing cars and you know car has a serial number but each of the components of that car are going to have different serial number now that, they could all what, have <laughs> yeah that makes sense this is internal component or subcomponent serial number versus the main component serial number so they are at the same level and the in this screen so they are really going to be for one part, so somehow this goes at one level deeper where they are also able to track the manufacturer serial number, which is just mind blowing uh, in my mind. So typically in the serviceable assembly, what you are gonna have is you are gonna have your own serial number because you are the one who's creating 
you might have vendor cross-reference uh, with the part. That's how you sort of track, okay, which is the part this is related with the vendor, but I have never seen the serial number correlation uh, you know, in any of the product with respect to cross-rap. So somehow they are able to carry their information, which is just mind-blowing. Any other comments, guys? Even the terminology that this product uses is very similar to Acumatica. They are using class. Uh, different product <laughs> use different terminology. Acumatica also uses classes uh, for whether you talk about chart of account, whether you talk about worth ticket class. So it's very, very, very similar terminology. Uh, the other thing said, this is the, again, the asset management uh, functionality is very, very, very deep. So here we are talking about the manufacturing serial number. We have the manufacturing expiration on parts manufacturing. So they are segmenting it based on two layers. It is going to be based on your parts as well as labor. So they are able to track the warranty for both of those. Mind blowing, mind blowing. And then you have the layers as well <laughs> for the services. They are able to track all of that. Again, very, very, very rich functionality. And this is the assembly that I was talking about, guys. This is the unit that you are going to find in the products that are going to have very strong uh, field service functionality. For example, you are going to find this in, in 4CSI. You are going to find this in, uh, you know, in 4LN. You are going to find this in Apicor Fanatic, I believe. But their bombs are not as strong, so it might struggle a little bit. Uh, but um, you say in Epicor Kinetic? Yeah. Or something else? Epicor Kinetic. Their bombs are not as strong as I like to see. So, for example, in this particular case, Sage 500, I would think that this would be more of the assembly product, but surprisingly enough, their bombs actually were very strong. So, this is a core manufacturing product, the way it was designed from scratch. It was really designed for manufacturing. Um, so, again, mind blowing the way uh, they have done this. So, here, as you can see, Andy, in this one, this is your serviceable assembly, and each of the component as part of this assembly is going to have its own serial number. They are going to have its own warranty. So this is your custom uh, you know, server system, and there you have the serial number, you have the model number, you have the customer, you have the service agreement, you have the parts warranty, you have the labor warranty, and you have the covered through. Now, if you click on each of these serviceable units, they are going to have their own serial numbers. And that's the assembly that I'm talking about. That is just mind blowing. This is only, uh, you know, going to be present in products that are going to be really strong for the field service functionality. Exactly. For field service. Yeah, exactly. And this is a, a very OEM perspective in my mind, because they are the ones who are going to be needing because they are going to have multiple hands that are going to be exchanged in the process. Sometimes the control goes to your reseller, then it comes back to you. So it's a mess uh, and you have to have the end-to-end -end tracking. So this product was really designed from the OEM's perspective. Some more, this is the item maintenance. And the reason why I am trying to highlight the other functionality, because we all know that MASS 500 was the manufacturing product, <laughs> but that strength really was in the field service project manufacturing functionality. Okay, so here you are going to see some more layers that you are not going to find in Acumatica product uh, as of today. So, for example, you have the track method, and track method is nothing but your lot control, serialized control. You have the serial number mass. That is all common. What you are not going to find is going to be shelf life. You are not going to find date established, I guess. Valuation method common in most mainstream products. You are probably going to find uh, freight class. Okay. You are not going to find 
they these products have cut corners and they don't really accommodate the the freight class they don't really accommodate the the commodity code and this is where i think the mace 500 was also being sold to your pharma centric companies or the food centric companies because they would require this they have very deep uh, logistics capabilities that they need to track uh, you know if they cannot do that they cannot ship their products uh, so that's why the freight class and again uh, across the board sage products are really designed for agriculture um, you know food so they have to throw in some of that functionality here as well uh, sales tax class mind blowing never seen that before uh, you know which is very 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 interesting we have seen sales tax functionality but you don't necessarily have a class designated for the sales tax functionality which is very layered um, as well as a lot of functionality there uh, fixed asset template at the maintain item level mind blowing seasonal item that is only going to find in your commodity uh, type environment um and then you have some of the functionality that you are going to find in the distribution product for example apicor profit 21 you are going to find things such as short description long descriptions categories and this is very e-commerce uh, driven concepts so they have that as well so obviously this product was probably sold for some of the distribution organizations as well now this is also that the whole technical architecture is very similar to acumatic as well so here when you look at this functionality here you could see sql view view name lookup and this all exists in acumatic as of today so architecturally these two are very 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 similar product you can find and you can clearly see that this is very sql driven the architecture is very well thought out on this product then uh, you have some very interesting functionality on the work order maintenance so this is where your manufacturing is going to be nd so here you are looking at things such as uh, you know reason code very common entry date required date release date manufacturing commit date okay interesting very 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 interesting and i don't know where you would require these many dates but seems like it was probably targeted for a lot of aerospace companies that's where they would probably require all of this i don't know do you guys have any comments it's interesting that it has the manufacturer commit date and the required date you think they would be synonymous that would be my you're committing i mean that doesn't mean that's the date you are delivering but that just that's the date that you promised right but maybe it means something different yeah the required yeah so it has probably very deep mrp functionality um, that's why it is segmenting based on those two and by the way i mean see if you look at other terms such as step detail even a step is the same term that acumatica uses even today and it has sound and video and i don't know they from your experience doing audits do you have to use sound or video as part of your manufacturing maintenance that you have seen no i mean yeah you could right you could implement all of that but i also see they've got a spot in there for image for cad so i'm i'm more inclined to think that this is going to be something along the lines of a you know detailed work instructions but from the project management standpoint schematics those types of things supporting sound and video perhaps i mean the cad and the image makes sense for that but not so sure on the sound and video so dave just to be clear this is probably not going to be the project work order this is going to be manufacturing work order uh, this is the work order maintenance but i believe i think they are using sound and video 
for the instructions as well um, that they could accommodate. I mean, this is all gimmicky, to be honest. I would probably not have that. But great that, I mean, they probably had that functionality. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because to your point about it being, you know, kind of gimmicky, I, I don't disagree with that. But to me, it's just, you know, especially back then, right, this data is so large, I would imagine that it would be some somewhat of a system strain to include all of that yeah. in the data yeah. architecture uh, and then be able to pull it, you know, what would need to be in real time to actually have an impact. Uh, on what happened out on the shop floor. Yeah, I am always scared in including any sort of video or audio formats as part of your ERP, but I can see some value when you are going to have large organization and when you have to send some instruction that these guys are not able to somehow follow and they are, uh, you know, you have a lot of is- quality issues in your production process and probably include a voice. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting one. The, the, the sound yeah. uh, is a really interesting one. And I guess back to your initial comment about would it be something from an audit standpoint, but the only thing I could think, you know, from there, which just doesn't make sense is, you know, is some sort of a comparator uh, from an audit perspective, right? Like is, is something, you know, non-conforming from a, a sound standpoint, but that just, uh, that seems too far-fetched i've not seen that so yeah and if this were really the non-conformance then that would be at the step level because yeah. this is the work order screen right so yeah, this is really at the work order level yeah i i've hmm. seen that functionality of the sound and the video more so like you're originally saying for instructions at that work center yeah like you know actually someone showing them how to do that operation yeah you know? yeah and speaking too right yeah exactly yeah so guys, uh, you know, some more commentary here overall in terms of the drill down, as I, uh, you know, uh, pointed out before as well. This is this is really phenomenal the way the drill downs are in this particular system and the strength of drill downs. I would not think that this is going to be uh, as a strong system overall, but the drill downs were one of the most powerful that I have personally seen in any of these systems. And they are very logical the way they have done this. So here we are talking about, you know, item analyze inventory transaction history and then we have maintain and this is the data import functionality and guys again if you look at acumatic as of today if you look at their data import functionality as of today okay it's very similar to this <laughs> it's a copycat of uh, you know what mass payment was doing um so it's, it's it's very 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 similar um but again this is very strong typically finding this level of functionality in any system they sort of have it, but it's not as logical as this. Then we have some more functionality here. And this is the forecast product groups. And this is the forecast entry. Even the forecasting is very powerful, the way forecasting is done in this particular system. Typically for forecasting, you are probably going to be using one of the SNOP systems. But in this one, you could forecast based on your customer item combination. And you could literally forecast based on, uh, you know, your months. And then you had the sales history right there. Again, I personally have not seen the forecasting to be this intuitive, which is built as part of ERP. And it has very rich functionality for the forecasting as well. So overall, MRP functionality was very, very, very strong in this product. This is your manufacturing setup and some of the feature sets that I have seen in this one is, is very, very, very strong. 
For example, let's say if you have use operator factor in run labor cost calculation, I don't think I have seen that before. Use fixed setup bucket for run labor cost breakout. Use work center rate. That's very common uh, instead of your employee wage. That's very common. Require approvals for ECOs. So ECO functionality is very strong as well. Uh, revision functionality is very strong in this product. Mark previous routings as inactive when current ECO changes. Very, very, very strong functionality for ECO. Allow insert of new steps to work order after audit. So audit functionality was very strong as well. Insert quality procedure routing steps during routing copy. Very strong overall. Uh, again, you know, I think this was a very, very strong product for the quality as well as um, for the manufacturing as well. Okay, if you don't have any other uh, comments. So this is the bomb replace functionality that we have seen in a lot of different job shop products as well. You know, this is required typically for aerospace. So here we are talking about delete a specific item for all selected routings, uh, add a specific item for all selected uh, routings, replace items. So again, the way the data structure was designed, it can do a lot of different manipulation. You didn't have to go to each and every bomb to be able to manipulate this. So obviously it's a very powerful product. The ECO functionality, again, I don't think I have seen um, this in the smaller systems. I don't think even Acumatica support ECO functionality this is strong as of today. And here we are talking about you have the ECO number for each of these. You, you are going to have uh, you know different bombs. They are going to have their revs. Uh, they are going to have their dates. Uh, and you know again, th that's a layer on top of your bomb. And so a lot of job shop um, systems are probably going to claim this functionality, but they are all over the place with their architecture. This is one of the most logical ones that I have personally seen. Yeah, Sam, I'd say the other, you know, thing that kind of goes without saying with some with this type of functionality, this layered uh, back to that financial audit perspective, uh, the audit trail of all of these changes that end up happening and what gets triggered in a process like this. I mean, it becomes extremely important for publicly traded companies, large enterprises that uh, have to satisfy those requirements. Or any kind of regulatory compliant type yeah, manufacturer. Good yeah, they have good to point, be able Andy. to trace straight back to the original transaction always. Yeah. Yeah. Could not agree more, guys. So we have one review. Uh, and here we are talking about this is the review coming from um, this is the construction group, civil engineering. So mm. now we know that they were using in this uh, vertical as well. And this is the company that has 501, 2000 employees. They are breaking Sage's rule because Sage was up to 500 employees. <laughs> <laughs> so here they are talking about Sage 500 is being used by my organization and all departments from field report entries to subcontractor management to accounting. All of our construction needs, uh, all purchases and employees are being accounted on this program. I personally utilize their change order management, change request management. And I can see why they would utilize that because this is one of the strongest uh, that I have seen. It is being used on each project and from headquarters as well. Now, some of the complaints, Sage has a huge issue with user interface. The program itself is non-intuitive. And again, in my experience, this is the most intuitive software that I have personally seen 
So maybe this user was coming from QuickBooks or something, and they had the expectation of that software. They didn't see how layered a software needs to be when you are going to be a large organization. So this is the best that you can get. If you're complaining about the real technology itself, the product is not cloud native, then I can understand that obviously it's a very clunky technology, but from the design and architecture perspective, this is one of the most logical products um, that I have personally seen. Sage is extraordinarily cumbersome for a program that has such functionality. Okay, again, I think the uh, user's expectation, and by the way, the um, title of this person is Project Controls Manager. So their expectation is going to be more from the project perspective. May have, uh, they have used more of the construction project management uh, products, and that's why they are finding the accounting software slightly more difficult. Uh, which is understandable. Here they are saying, I had to consult with the Sage professionals on numerous occasions to explain and walk me through the program as there are so many redundancies. And yes, sir, you have to consult with a consultant because this is supposed to be a complex product. Okay, you cannot do it on your own. Otherwise, you are going to be frustrated. So make sure uh, you convince your management team that get you some training on these products before you start driving this car. Here, long time devotee of Sage 500. So I'm not the only fan here of this product. Uh, and here it's saying multi company processing, including intercompany transactions within account payable, purchasing in general ledger, uh, which I can see why they would like it, handles multi currency transactions with ease, uh, handles multi business entities, warehouses, divisions, regions, locations, departments. Uh, mind-blowing the application is very functional but the interface is a little stale compared to modern applications which i completely agree uh, because obviously they are not investing in the technology itself um, here sage 500 is great for companies with core accounting needs distributors and discrete manufacturing so they have highlighted and then they are saying process manufacturing would require uh, you know some sort of add-on i think that's what they are saying uh, and then construction and retail apparel is probably not going to be a good fit. I completely agree with this assessment and the review. Some more review. Uh, so here, this is the consumer goods, 51 to 200 employees, slightly smaller. So let's see what their reaction is going to be. By the way, this was in 2015. So the biggest concern complaint of Sage 500 user is going to be speed. Um, so even though it was functionally rich, the product probably uh, it did not have the firepower of a larger system. That could be the reason why they are feeling that the speed, speed wasn't as great. Some of these screens take a while to load. The user interface needs some refreshing that everybody is uh, complaining about. This one is from 2020, so it's slightly newer review. Uh, Sage has put this product into maintenance mode. So this is the confirmation uh, that this product is no longer supported. So there is not uh, a lot going on and the significant feature development uh, plan for this product. It might make it difficult. It does not have one thing. If it does not have one thing, it might need. I think that's more of a positive comment that it has a lot. And that's it for the session. Commentary. I think, uh, you know, my takeaway from this one, uh, tons of, you know, to your point, Sam, tons of uh, features. And what's a little scary from the takeaway standpoint is if you're a, a user uh, on this system, you know, what's going to be coming next? Because some of that functionality, uh, you may be hard pressed to find, um, you know, moving forward. 
So having some real thoughts about, you know, what, what your business model is and what those processes are underneath that and how the functionality uh, works today and what might need to change from a process improvement standpoint based on the functionality of a, of a system that you're working to identify. Uh, I think that's probably the, the, the big takeaway and kind of uh, something that should be awfully concerning for people, um, you know, currently operating this platform. Yeah, I would concur. I, I mean, I think what this points out is it's all part of the due diligence people have to do when they're evaluating these types of systems. You know, I don't think that this one has been sold for a while, but it certainly was sold like 10 years ago. And I'll bet there's a few companies that are really questioning their decision today and, what, and not knowing which way they're going to go. The new product from Sage X3 is more process focused, process manufacturing yeah. focused. So this really isn't a replacement for that. Yeah. So buyer beware. Could not agree more, and I don't know if there is going to be a you know upgrade path for those customers. I mean, in my mind, the right upgrade path is probably going to be 500 to Acumatica, <laughs> um, you know, because it's going to feel so natural. Even the terms that they are using, to be honest, uh, you know, in this product are very similar. Um, so that's going to be very relatable experience. Sage actually, I don't know if that is going to be a relatable product, just because it's really, as Andy pointed out. That's really designed for uh, process manufacturing. I think the other thing that you know this this kind of highlights back to the you know the product roadmap and and kind of the corporate uh, the corporate strategy as we go through some of these sessions. Uh, you know, it, it, it really, for me, it just kind of highlights that you don't necessarily know. You know, back to your point, Andy, you don't necessarily know what you are going to be getting and that there could be a, you know, there could be a left turn coming uh, without much warning. And so it's, it's really challenging. This is a really challenging decision when you're going through the ERP discovery and, and ultimately implementation process. And uh, if anything, you know, not that any of us have a crystal ball, but if anything, it continues to kind of cement the fact that you need to have a lot of conversations around the discovery process around the business processes and the future of your business in terms of what you see growth potential in um, to try to, uh, you know, identify the appropriate solution as you move forward through this. Okay. Uh, Andy, any more comments before I test this question or if well, you guys want to read it? Ahead. Okay. So the question is perhaps the work order video and image would be for on-site updates, and I don't know if you guys are going to have any sort of comments there. Um, on-site updates, I don't know. Like, it could have pictures of um, install compilation, or perhaps the inspection result would include pictures of cracks in foundations or things like that. So video, yeah, I mean, these are really the instructions. I think that's what we have been saying. So from the sound perspective as well, I mean, so with sound, you are going to have much lighter file than a video and if you are using the high quality video like Dave Chrysler then good luck with that <laughs> one video is probably going to be uh, you know how much your ERP database is going to be <laughs> you better get some extra storage <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and to Anders point you know I could I could maybe see I think where he's coming from I could maybe see that uh, on the field service side, uh, yeah. specifically, where you're you're wanting to capture something like that, uh, specifically but, for inspection, as he says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but I, I, I think otherwise it's really on the instruction side of things. It's it's what makes the most sense uh, from what I've seen. Just to be clear, I think the screen that we had reviewed was work order maintenance. That was not field service order. Uh, typically, field service goes through a different screen in general. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I know. I was pointing out the fact, though, that to me, based on what Anders wrote, the, that part would belong in the field service, not in the work mm-hmm. order uh, maintenance was the point I was making. And my guess is going to be probably Sage 500, the way the product is designed, it's probably going to have consistent experience. So you are probably going to find (laughs) multiple places. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you are using some random product (laughs) that does not have any sort of architecture, then okay, good luck with that. (laughs) Any more comments, guys? We have one more minute right now. No. No, no. It just shows you that nothing's forever. Nothing is forever, Andy. That I can tell you that. <laughs> All right, guys. So if you joined for the first time, this was part of our industry series for which we meet every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. We review one vendor or the solution. So make sure you guys are going to be here next week. We are going to come back with another vendor or the solution. On that note, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, thanks Sam. Man. Thanks, Andy. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show, for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests and hopefully you learned something new today. If you want to learn more about Dave Chrysler, head over to thechrysler.club. It's T-H-E-C-R-Y-S-L-E-R dot C-L-U-B. If you want to learn more about ND Radical, head over to esoft.com. It's E-S-S-O-F-T dot com. Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, you might want to check other related episodes, including the interview with David Chaler, who shares his insights into the pros and cons of the OEM distribution model for ERP systems. Also, the interview with Nick Foy, who shares his insights on the reasons for ERP implementation and adoption failures based on his team's experience in saving Odoo implementation. Also, don't forget to subscribe and spread the word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform or DM me on any social channels. I'll try my best to respond personally and make sure you get help. Thank you, and I hope to catch you on the next episode of the WBS Podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the WBS Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information on growth strategies for SMBs using ERP and digital transformation, check out our community at wbs.rocks. We'll see you next time.